0: This is KYRS, Medical Expo Can, eighty eight point one and ninety two point three FM. I'm one of your hosts from Savvy Cat to the Weber. And I'm Abby Baker. And welcome to today's show. What are we
1: talking about? Today we're talking about consumerism. <gasps> no I hate consumerism. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> As a consumer. Bad, bad, bad. But, you know, it but is important talk to talk about, it, about right? It. Yeah. So, I mean, let's get into it, right? Yeah, okay, here we go. Start us off. Okay, so let's just define what consumerism is so consumerism is a social and economic order that encourages the acquisition of goods and services in ever increasing amounts so the i think the really key term there is ever increasing amounts Mm -hmm. that's because i mean like buying stuff isn't the worst thing in the world but the fact that we will just need to continue buying more stuff like more than we can even produce in the end at the end of the day like that's that's an issue i would say i i would
0: i would agree with that and then i'll define consume just for y'all and that is to destroy or expend by use or to use up
1: yeah yeah. destroy
0: so let's kind of get into to the nitty-gritty of consumerism how does it work
1: yeah so i mean consumerism was created there i mean there are varying opinions, but one of the main ones is that the middle class really started growing in like the 17th century and then from then onward. And so the more middle class people that you had, so the more money people were making, then the more disposable income they had, and then they had more money to spend on products. And so, you know, other people could make more money off of other people having more money.
0: Yeah. And just like how we talked about capitalism as a cycle last week, mm-hmm. that's kind of what consumerism is, especially right now. Yes. Yes.
1: Um, And so when when we have like this class system that we have right now, products become status symbols that everyone wants to have.
0: Yeah. And like during the industrial revolutions, many, many production techniques changed and things were made by assembly lines. Labor movements became like you know began as people were able to make more money and stuff like that um it's like honestly consumerism is really interesting to talk about because of where it came from and stuff and we look back and we learn about a lot of um aspects of industrialism labor laws things like this how assembly lines happen versus like if we look way back in time even to Greek and Roman, mm-hmm. and how all goods were artisan-made and really high quality. And as things need to come out at a faster, faster pace, you know, the quality goes down, treatment of workers goes down, exploitation, things like that.
1: I mean, even just thinking about there, there were just so many more people. Like we had this huge population boom, and so then you have more people to make more stuff for and you have more people to market to and then when you create things like assembly lines and you're the way that you're making things just changes so drastically and you can make things so much faster and all of these different production things uh, it just gives a lot of room for greed to take over because people can make a lot of money and also I mean there are good things that can come out of that too Um, access to really necessary things but it it clearly has not really gone that way
0: yeah and um you know consumerism itself just encourages its own body and also manages to worsen things like classism and therefore intensify other social issues that have to do with class racism sexism disability rights things like that yes absolutely so like although we're referring to this part of consumerism as like factory lines and labor laws and stuff like that even the good, the goods that it produces
1: tend to have negative effects all over, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So then when we get into talking about credit and stuff, yeah. I mean, credit is basically allowing you to buy things that you can't afford. Exactly. Whatever you think on it, like that's that's just pretty much what it's doing. And so when you can buy things that you can't afford and you don't really, you go into debt, but you don't really see the ramifications of it because you're just getting more stuff. Yeah. Um. That will make consumerism worse because you can just keep buying stuff, and you have a limitless amount of money. It seems like
0: and things like credit take advantage of the miseducation of Americans when it comes to uh, real important things like how to deal with finances, credit, general like dealing with bank accounts and budgeting and stuff like that, and. Those are things that we aren't generally taught, right? Yeah. Maybe at least not in the capacity that we should be taught, you know?
1: Absolutely. I think something that my friends have talked about so much is like, we just want to be able to know how to do taxes when we get out of school. (laughs) And I have not met a 16-year-old who knows how to do taxes. Yeah. Myself included.
0: I'm being taught, you know, how to use
1: the quadratic formula how to use a
0: quadratic formula in school but i have to pay to learn how to drive kind of thing and we also see in consumerism like we're paying for a lot of things that we shouldn't necessarily have to pay for even even if we do we pay for things like school which we need to get a job so we can get paid and then use that money on more goods and whatever so it's almost like every every life goal that we meet and we reach is you know perpetuating this cycle that we're trying to destroy in some some aspects.
1: Yeah, it's it really comes down to money.
0: Yeah, and consumerism never ends. Like we we can't buy enough stuff to make us happy, but we will continue trying anyway if we continue to uphold this
1: system, right? Yeah, it's it, it's a really dangerous system. I mean, we can see the effects in climate change. Um, it. If we just keep producing things and we we have limited resources, we simply can't replenish our resources quickly enough to keep up with how much stuff we're making. Um, the the world is going to be destroyed as we know it because, and the human race, for that matter. Yeah, true. Because we can't keep up.
0: Yeah, and we also see the standard for the amount for the amount of of goods and things we should have.
1: We yeah. already see
0: that, you know changing and every year with the progression and the way the technology affects anything we are encouraged to have more things yeah and even people who encourage you to be minimalist you're still
1: buying things and getting rid of things I know that makes me laugh so much with like the Marie Kondo stuff yeah because you know you'll go on Netflix and you'll be like oh my gosh I'm becoming a minimalist because of Marie Kondo but you're actually like giving your money to Netflix by watching the documentary which and I mean like yes totally go for minimalism good Good but I just think it's funny because it's it's an oxymoron yeah
0: if we look at things like oh what really sparks a joy in me when I look at an object Mm -hmm. what sparks joy is if I bought it (laughs) I look at an object I just bought and I'm like yeah I want this and of course if you let anything sit for long enough it's not going to hold the same value unless it's you know like some locket from your great-grandmother or something of sentimental value that maybe doesn't have a price on it
1: yeah the the things that you really remember and you keep and you value are things that have more meaning than just this is cool (laughs) I don't know, like family heirlooms and stuff. Like they're not just like expensive.
0: And I mean, some people do look at it like that. Really? Yeah, I'm going to sell this on Depop for $500 kind of thing.
1: Well, yeah, but I think the things that we really value aren't just... No,
0: exactly. But I'm saying that like when it comes to... I feel like, oh, this is hard to describe, but... As we get further into the cycle of consumerism, in some aspects, like like at least the pace that we're going through the cycle is is increasing. Yeah. And I feel like we're labeling more things based on price or value than we are based on memory or sentiment.
1: So you feel like we're we're placing more value on the monetary than we are on? Yes. Got it. it. Yes. And I I think that's
0: honestly a lot of what separates older generations from newer generations. Yeah, totally. Because I I mean. yeah because my grandparents hold a lot of things that I'd be like why do you still have that Yeah. so close to their heart and I can understand the sentiment behind a lot of things but at the same time I guess I look at more look at, at things in daily life more for like how much they're worth yeah because it's kind of a means of survival at this point
1: well and it's interesting to think about two like scarcity mindsets Yeah. if you look at baby boomers who were born during the cold war and you know then you get into th- this idea that the russians are going to bomb us like we need to stock up on our food we need to stock up on all of this stuff because otherwise and so you get into this mindset of if we don't just keep having stuff if we don't have enough stuff then the world's going to fall apart we're not yeah. going to be able to survive and so you just you you know you perpetuate the cycle of consumerism yeah. but and that's not <laughs> it's a psychological thing yeah but. in
0: a mean in a in a lens of survivalist like looking at it through, like, I was raised in the Cold War, makes 1,000% sense.
1: Yeah, it's just interesting because before that, I mean, the culture was just so different around stuff. Right? (laughs) I mean, I I don't know. I I didn't live in the 1900s.
0: Oh, really? If you didn't know. Uh Oh, yeah, no. Can't relate to that. Yeah. (laughs) Another another really important thing we should talk about is globalization. Yeah very important part of consumerism and probably one of the most essential parts so basically what globalization is is the interconnectivity of everything around the globe so so trades and us selling exports and imports things like that really staying connected through a matter of trade and
1: goods yeah and i mean even when people talk about like we couldn't call someone across the world 10 years ago yeah we or couldn't 20 years ago or however long like you could it would take so long for information to get across the world like that
0: and now and i can I, I have people on instagram from australia and yeah, and you like text that. Them. yeah and it, it reaches them as fast as a text would reach you.
1: Yeah, it's honestly crazy.
0: So there are some good aspects of globalization to some people, right? Yeah, pros like that. You know, it's text whenever it important information can get from, you know, this part of the world to the next, with
1: no problem. Yeah, totally. And it has really globalization has the potential to make the world a better place if we if we use the interconnectivity right because if we use it well then we can really work to solve global issues and we can make things better and you know one of the main things that people talk about economically is like lower prices for consumers however the (laughs) cons with that are that usually the lower prices are because we're exploiting workers this is true that don't have labor laws so that we have to pay them a certain amount so yeah. that we can pay them like 11 cents an hour so and that can be okay
0: yeah and we see things like you know <laughs> online shops like Shein or romwe mm-hmm. that have clothes for four dollars and you're like wow that's quite a steal and you're right i mean it is it is but at what cost and that cost is the exploitation of of workers, child workers, and honestly, a really hard thing about consumerism is even if you think you're buying from a quote ethical source, they might not be getting their materials from an ethical source. And even if they are, then the people giving them the materials might not be getting their materials from an ethical source. Yes. And it's this chain reaction, which makes it almost impossible to truly know where you're getting things from, especially when it comes to aspects of globalization and buying things from foreign countries. That are cheap clothing, like, you know. Yes. Places, like, things from Xi'an. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's it's really difficult because I think a lot of the things that people are talking about right now are, like, go thrift shopping, like, sustainably sourced clothing specifically. Um, and that's really difficult for lower class people. Yeah, and not only that, but <laughs> I encourage everyone to buy secondhand.
0: Good for you. I do it literally. I've been doing it since I was a child, right? Mm-hmm. But what happens is this trend of shopping in thrift stores is is gentrifying thrift stores and we end up seeing prices being raised and then raised sorry and then you know, people who actually need to buy secondhand aren't able to buy secondhand, and it starts this cycle over of raising the price because consumers are after it, right?
1: Right, and then the difficulty is that buying sustainably sourced clothing, like recycled clothing and stuff, that is so expensive. And so middle class people can't necessarily afford that, but, so they have to shop at these fast fashion places like H&M, yeah. for instance, which is not good, and so they're like, okay, let's shop at a, th- shop at a thrift store, but then, like you said, that mm-hmm. makes prices higher for people who are lower class you can't afford it so it's just like this horrible cycle of (laughs) where do you buy clothes or anything else for that matter
0: literally and then we even see grocery stores like whole foods and stuff like that and Mm -hmm. just i mean everything is sort of related to consumerism because yeah yeah.
1: everything is related to money everything therefore is related to consumerism and I mean, yeah,
0: so we talk kind of, well, not not maybe in a great light, but when it comes to globalization, a lot of supporters of globalization say it has the potential to make a world, the world a better place, like things like lower prices for consumers or lower rates mm-hmm. of employment. But it honestly, in my opinion, like leads to unemployment in the working class in America. And it, we talked about this and it like exploits workers in other countries. Mm-hmm. So we see things that are lower priced and we're like, oh, yeah. Bless up for globalization. But what we fail to realize is the exploitation of workers and stuff like that. And the yeah. thing is, almost
1: no matter where you're getting things from, it's like it, you have no way to know. Well, it's so funny too, because the people who are like so for globalization and the economy and all of this. They'll be like, well, immigrants are bad. And it's like, well, look where you got your stuff. Like, where does that say it was made in? It says it was made in China. Actually, immigrants aren't stealing your jobs. The, you know, the corporate people at the top are the ones giving your jobs to people in other countries so that they can exploit them. Also, they are not the enemy. Just saying people
0: who say immigrants are stealing our jobs, having more people in the United States leads to job growth. Yeah. Like, I don't know why people think that, but especially when it comes to cycles like consumerism, we see points like that brought up a lot
1: yeah um so i think one of the big things with globalization is like this idea of colonizing and manifest destiny and the white man's burden and all of these terms thrown around that are like uh, very uh relevant (laughs) yeah i think um the white man's burden, we were trying to figure out what the term was mm-hmm. because we were like, what's what's the word for when white colonizers go and they think it's their job to, like, make uh, other countries better?
0: Yeah, and... Better, sorry. Of, yeah. With
1: quotes around better. Sorry. But... Yeah, when I was doing research on
0: globalization, it's like, oh, here we are, we're we're going into foreign countries and ta-da, here is our foreign technology, and let us build you these factories, and oh my god, we just built you these factories. You owe us the rest of your life in labor. Yes. Yeah, and it's not like and even oftentimes it's very sly. Like when when it comes to the exploitation of foreign workers, oftentimes they're mistreated. They don't know what they're getting into contract-wise and it's really taking advantage of um, language barriers and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, totally. So, well, <laughs> like yeah. And it it's so sad because it, these people have these rich cultures that are s- honestly a lot nicer than <laughs> the colonizer cultures that we have mm-hmm. cultures. And we for sure. cultures, yeah, whatever. We and so these white colonizers, we take advantage of all these other countries that are honestly trying to be nice that like that is their culture we are taking advantage of their culture and it's not that they are stupid or any less smart it's just that we're awful and manipulative and wrong
0: (laughs) true and we see this
1: this wretched
0: beginning of consumerism really start from manifest destiny when white people came up and were like yo we just we just discovered who god is and you're not gonna believe
1: it We're the chosen people.
0: Yeah, and he told us that we're gonna have to kill you, and unless you want to also believe in him and things like that. And like, when it comes to manifest destiny and associating that with the white man's burden, they're linked completely. Yeah, to consumers of man, just in general.
1: It's so interesting because I'm in American history right now. That's a required eleventh grade class, Um, and right now we're talking about how when the natives, or not the natives, the a white Europeans came over and they were like, you know, finding America, discovering (laughs) America. And the Native Americans were there and the Native Americans started dying because all these white people brought all their diseases over and killed them. Yeah. And they they took it as a sign that, yes, we're doing the right thing. We are God's chosen people. And that idea of being like God's chosen people, which actually... You know, it originated in the Middle East, in Israel, but whatever. <laughs> um, yeah. All these white people have taken it upon themselves to be God's chosen people. And for some reason, even, and it just keeps even subconsciously, industrialism carries that mentality. Yes, that's where I was trying to go.
0: Yeah. Thank you. And it's it's almost an impossible cycle to break, break out of because we are still to this day like colonizing <laughs> any any non-urban land that we possibly can we're trying
1: to colonize mars yeah for for god's sake <laughs> like
0: at this point we're like okay well we've we've run out of cultures to destroy on planet earth so let's move to mars you know and when, okay. we're crazy linking this back
1: to consumers, right, consumerism, to consumerism. Yes. got carried away
0: that's how this happens we're like okay we are we are white people do you want a gun and people are like i mean sure i guess and things like that and we're like okay thank you and it just became this cycle of, like, look at us with our white people things, and here here are they, here are them. And these you are good, owe us, now. and now you owe us. And we, we do the same thing by being like, ah, yes, let, let us build you these factories so you have to work for us for the rest of your life.
1: Yeah. They're and- like, look look, 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 we're making your life better, your economy is better. And they're like, uh,
0: but the thing is, <laughs> for, foreign economies like that really only benefit first world countries like the United States. Yeah. I'm just saying like it's what
1: (laughs) all the all the exports are going to us and other first world countries if we focused on like allowing these countries to have clean water sources and Mm -hmm. stuff like that like things that like medical access these things that are very important rather than giving them factories I'm just saying hot take if we invested like actual important things in these countries or not even invested that's the wrong word but if like Like, maybe didn't just take from them yeah if we didn't take from these countries i, I just feel like the world would be a, a better place just focus on your own freaking country first <laughs>
0: yeah, we we got we got you know a couple thousand people with a virus to deal with we should probably lay off of other cultures for now yeah can, can we just like focus
1: <laughs> america needs to take some time to focus on herself for a little bit hey,
0: we need to be putting time out yeah time out speaking of time out we will be right back after this break bye guys
2: Son las 6 de la tarde. Es la hora de escuchar la Sala Latina con corazón. What's your problem? Cause I know it's hard sometimes Maybe just give it some time Oh honey now girl We can solve them If you'll just give me some time I can't open up your mind If you let to be something wonderful to me oh honey now girl give it one night if you'll just give it a chance loving you is not my plan cause I know
0: Hi, welcome back to Tabby Cat. That was Sober by Childish Gambino. I love that song. I know, and let's get back into it. So we are talking about consumerism today, if you're just now popping in. Yeah.
1: And, I mean, kick us off. Okay, so we are going to start talking about materialism this is true okay well i guess it's we called it materialism in our little subtitle but it's, it's <laughs> subtitle. a little bit deeper well that's what it is no, right
0: it. yeah
1: <laughs> um it's a little deeper than that we're gonna talk about some more moral aspects yeah of. some more
0: abstract parts of consumerism
1: yes so start us off so okay so what are the cultural impacts of like religion and nihilism and just how we view consumerism like how we view meaning now
0: what do you mean cultural impacts
1: or i I guess as a culture how does our like i think as a culture in america today how does our more nihilist beliefs how do those well, they're not nihilist, but I feel like we can look at it from a nihilistic
0: perspective. No, I
1: think I think our beliefs have gotten more nihilist. I think we're us, less religious. As in you and I? No, us as in like I America. I actually,
0: sincerely disagree with that. You think we've gotten more religious? No, we've gotten less religious, but it's definitely not anything about nihilism. That's still way too like.
1: I, I think we've gotten more nihilist.
0: I don't really think a lot of people know what that means. Like.
1: I mean, just the idea that you know, we just exist on this earth, like I think even just like the acronym YOLO pretty <laughs> the
0: <laughs> The epitome of nihilism is YOLO, the YOLO acronym. <laughs> like, yes.
1: No, okay. Um, I'm still confused. Okay. What what do you mean?
0: I'm just confused with what you're asking. I I, I actually don't think
1: okay. nihilist is the right word. Let me explain. Okay, so I feel like consumerism is based on the idea that these objects that you are purchasing will give your life meaning. Okay. Okay. That's number one. Mm -hmm. Number two, when we talk about religion, religion is generally someone's life meaning. They will... Okay. You know, like a a very (laughs) religious person will say like, God is my life meaning. My life revolves around these morals, this set of rules. And so if you're really following those rules, you probably won't be as materialistic because yeah
0: but i don't think not being materialistic or religious links at all to
1: nihilism uh, i think as opposed to religion nihilism which is saying there is no meaning religion is saying there is meaning nihilism is saying there is no meaning so i think those are related i think nihilism really allows consumerism to kind of set in because it's like there is no meaning so why don't i just buy all the stuff and this stuff will give me meaning
0: um no, not quite <laughs> for I, me. Like okay, nihilism is the philosophy that's like everything that you do, you're you're going to regret not doing the latter, right?
1: I think that and I so think the for, definition of nihilism is just well, you don't believe yeah. there's meaning. Well,
0: let me finish the sentence. Okay, maybe maybe we would we would agree. Okay. It's like saying that everything you do, all all of your beliefs, everything that you have is a narcotic and some sort of supplement to make you forget that like nothing truly matters and there is absolutely nothing and the only thing humans really want is to desire itself is desire itself yes i don't really think well i guess you could consider materialism and consumerism and nihilism on the same number line like opposite sides negative and positive but like i don't really think that they're like the antithesis of each other
1: nihilism and consumerism yeah no that's not what i'm saying i'm saying they're they're intertwined if we think that things are just narcotics that will help us feel better until we die Mm -hmm. then what's stopping us from just buying all these narcotics
0: well nothing
1: right That's what I'm saying.
0: Well, why are you saying that? (laughs)
1: Like, Well, because because I'm saying that our culture has gotten significantly more individualist, less collective, less religious. And I'm not saying religion is like the cure to anything. I'm just saying, like, since religion kind of draws people together into this community and we're more individualist now, and now we're more thinking about ourselves, thinking about what we need, like, individually and... Mm -hmm. We're not finding meaning in the same things. We don't find meaning in spiritual things necessarily. So why don't we find meaning in these objects? And we are finding meaning in these objects, or at least we're trying to. And so we keep perpetuating the cycle of consumerism because we don't believe anything means anything. So we're just trying to make something mean I don't think anyone
0: really, like, that's not like a widespread idea that things don't mean anything, though.
1: I disagree. I, why? Well, because... The world is like so much less religious now, or yeah, like but America. I
0: mean, it's like, I it's think like people, I don't believe in God and nothing matters. It's like, those are two different things. Yeah. So that's why I'm saying that it's weird that you're associating them.
1: I think they're related things. I don't, but they're not the same thing. I, I know. Well, I, I, I just think it's, it's important to just look at it. Like, they're correlated. They're not they're not caused by each other but i I don't think i'm going crazy i think if where do we find meaning then if there's no afterlife if there's no greater purpose then what is the meaning
0: well people do find their own greater purpose and a lot of people do believe in the afterlife without being religious i just don't think that that's
1: okay well then spiritual
0: what what
1: less people are saying that they're religious okay. more people are saying that they're spiritual okay. more people are saying that they're atheists. okay that's true yes so what so i think more people would say that there's no greater meaning to life
0: i don't agree with that like i surely believe that but i have like, most people i've talked to don't like uh, most people have like a reason or a purpose or something they like doing or something they're doing that is yes perpetuated like they're buying things to support their hobby and things like that I believe that but I just don't think that that is a
1: thing to bring up for now so you don't think that not that finding I just think that people find meaning in these objects and I think that is yeah they do yeah that's my point. I'm, but my point is that you're not finding meaning in other things, so you're finding meaning in objects. That's all I'm trying to say. Why? Because objects
0: are things. Like, I I mean...
1: No, I mean, like, you're not finding meaning in spiritual things or, like, enlightening things, and so you're finding meaning in objects. There are less people finding meaning in spiritual things and all... I, I just think it's connected. That's all I'm saying. Okay. And so... I was going to talk about later but we can talk about it now how collectivist and individualist societies operate differently and we're less collectivist now like we talked about in the last Mm -hmm. episode collectivist communities generally care more about the whole and we care more about ourselves in this individualist Uh society
0: yeah but that wouldn't tie to nihilism at all i don't think because nihilism is just like I don't care about anything like I don't care about myself. I don't care about anything that's happening. I don't care about things. I don't care about God. God is dead like that's what it is. So I don't think that it's quite like I'm, I'm going to val- value objects because nothing matters. It's I'm not going to value anything because nothing matters. So I think that it's, it's quite separate from consumerism.
1: OK, yeah, let's just move on then. Um, OK, so how does materialism affect us psychologically?
0: Bad. but okay personally materialism affects us psychologically a lot obviously i'm in a studio with materials all around me abby's here you know hi i'm wearing headphones everything that i do i'm surrounded by things and objects and if i wasn't surrounded by things and objects, i would go crazy (laughs) it's like i feel like people almost find asylum in materialism and objects that they have around them Mm -hmm. and like you know it feels good to buy things it feels good to have things and it makes you feel more secure maybe the more things that you have based on the mindset or the time period you grew up
1: in yes absolutely i think just the the sheer access to having more things will not make us more happy and having like we have more stuff than we have ever had just like genuinely that is just how it is there is more access to stuff there is more stuff in the world there are more people in the world and i really just don't think we're happier i I think psychologists would say that
0: okay have you asked any of them
1: well i mean i've asked the internet okay well valid source so i think (laughs) i think it's just I, i think the point is that having more things is not making anyone happier consumerism yeah. isn't making us happier
0: but having more things is making it easier t- to forget about the fact that we're unhappy, I think
1: yeah, if for a brief period of time and then we just buy more things
0: yeah, so it's not a
1: brief period of time, it's just forever yeah, it's, it's a cycle mm-hmm. totally so in this consumer society then, how do we, how do we find meaning? <laughs> uh, complicated
0: question personal question for sure yes you find meaning in i don't know buying more things paying for college it's there's no way to truly break out of the of the consumerist cycle right now
1: yeah i just mean like if we're talking about our personal inner lives Uh like how can we be content
0: uh i don't know maybe not think about it (laughs) like to be content in a consumer society would be to be a consumer and to try and live you know just to try and live as normal and maybe not think too hard into it for right now unless we really want to decide like okay we are going to destroy this cycle
1: i guess i'm thinking more along the lines of like i find meaning in trying to make a difference in people's lives like not to be tacky but like I don't know. Find meaning in the things that you do every day. Find meaning in whatever. I don't know. Okay, that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying like yes. I agree. There is. It's very hard to find a purpose for like paying to go to college when you know it's just like all gonna be dead in the end. I mean, but, you're gonna
0: have fun. So I guess that is a purpose. Yeah,
1: totally. There. I mean, I think there are just lots of different I purposes don't know, for I don't people know to find. If
0: I could really assign anything like purpose or really define how I would live a fulfilling life in a consumer society because I almost find it impossible like personally like I'll still have fun and have moments in which I am satisfied but never completely
1: I don't think yeah I guess I I think if I thought about it that way I trigger warning would probably off myself like I I don't think I could do that because I think Mm -hmm. I would just like if I were truly nihilistic and I didn't (laughs) think that there were any purpose yeah I couldn't do it like I I would not be able to live with myself and I would not be able to live because I wouldn't be that's would be all I would be thinking about I I have to say that there is some greater meaning because if I don't then like I don't know what to do there why do I get up every day then
0: yeah that that is that is something
1: (laughs) yeah I don't know that's that's how I feel about it, but everyone feels a different way. And if I, I mean, you do you. So I think, um, yeah, I think consumerism really comes down to why we're here, what matters to us, what is most important. Is the stuff that we're buying important? Maybe, maybe that's what really makes you happy, and that's all you can say makes you happy. Or maybe you just don't care, and that's that's fine. It's just, I I think if. If our true value really is an object, then what's wrong with consumerism? The I don't know, it's
0: destroying the world I guess. But I mean But like, if
1: our value is an object, then we don't care about the world. Yeah, exactly. So I, I That's don't know why
0: people who are pro globalization are saying they're pro globalization. Yeah. So I mean, you're right. A lot of people don't think it's a bad thing because I mean you don't, you don't have to think it's a bad thing. Obviously, the idea that you're consuming things is not inherently bad. Yeah. But consumerism within, like, free market, the economy and capitalism and stuff like that is is bad, kind of, sometimes, depending on where you are. But, yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think it's important to note, too, that, like, I mean, things make everyone happy to some extent. Like, I love watching... A tv on my computer like i i think it's fun i i find happiness in it like i don't know it's not it's like, items are not inherently bad
0: no 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 is what i'm saying no they are not i love music i love consuming media i think yes. it's a fun fun time i love getting gifts oh. i mean like <laughs> in the rational and non-philosophical sense i like being a consumer i like having things it's it's nice to have things and stuff and be surrounded by things and stuff yeah because it keeps exciting totally think about a world in which you had literally literally nothing that
1: would probably not be fun
0: yeah exactly and you know we we think about that as as a more drastic contrast as hundreds of years ago because we have so many things and having technology just opens this door to even more things that we want, right? Yeah. I can go on Amazon and find 200 things that I would like to have in my possession. Yeah. Yeah, And that's perpetuating even even
1: the c- consumer's mindset, you know? Yeah, I think like we said earlier, the consumers are buying things is not the bad part. The bad part is the ever increasing amounts. There has to be a limit and there will never be a limit unless we can find meaning greater than stuff.
0: Okay. And we will touch on that more after the break. Yeah. Bye, Bye guys.
2: KYRS is grateful for the many listeners who have donated their vehicles to us. You can join them by donating your unwanted car, truck, minivan, motorcycle, and more. Vehicles are picked up free of charge, sold, and the proceeds help KYRS bring you the programs you know and love. It's easy to donate your vehicle, and it's tax-deductible. Just call our toll-free line to arrange a free pickup. 855-KYRS-CAR. That's 855-597-7227. Thank you.
3: Goodman, host of Democracy Now!,
0: your daily grassroots global, unembedded, independent, international investigative news hour. Tune in Monday through Friday right here on KYRS, Thin Air Community Radio, 8 to 9 every weekday morning and repeated at 5 p.m. Also streaming online at KYRS.org. Hi, and welcome back to Tabby Cat. Hi, guys. That was Rockaway by Somersault.
1: Uh, Okay, so we're back into consumerism. Once again. Here we are. Um, And we're going to talk about advertising for a little bit. True. So I think one of the huge, like, the huge components of consumerism is that we need to have advertising. Because if people don't like want to get stuff, then why would they get stuff? True. So I think. It's really interesting to talk about like how the internet and modern day pro- platforms have propelled advertising, um, because like they they just have to keep up, otherwise people aren't gonna buy stuff. F- like for example, like when the when the car came out, that's when billboards came out. No one needed billboards before because no one was driving before, and so they needed like a quick spiffy message. Yeah,
0: and I mean honestly, we say advertising all the time, like even even seeing brand names on someone's jacket while walking by is advertising that brand yeah by by wearing things by having things we're we're walking advertisements of large
1: corporates true um yeah and i think that the fact that advertisements are just all over the place and in some ways like an advertisement everywhere a store on every corner that means that we are controlling ourselves, you know, we're controlling ourselves not to walk into the store and buy everything we want, which actually puts us in a vulnerable vulnerable position so that we want to buy more things in the end. True. Um, and I think one of the things <laughs> is, that is hard to determine is, like, the difference between need and want. And advertisers generally position things that are things that we want at, as things that we need. True. Like... You don't need, um, I, I don't know, like, I guess like kitchen gloves, you know, kitchen gloves that you like pull things out of the oven. You don't need those. You could use towels, but people made those so that it would seem like you needed those.
0: A really good example is diet culture and consumerism. Like, True. you need to try this. You need to lose weight. So buy this product now because you need it. And obviously you don't need it because that's, that's ridiculous. <laughs> it's a fad yes. diet. But, you know. They're gonna advertise it like that because honestly, corporates probably don't care about your well being. Yeah. Nor do they know that you yourself exist. So this fake empathy that's given out by corporates to sort of, oh, I, I can relate to you. I'm a consumer too.
1: These are hard times that we're going through right yeah. now.
0: Ugh, I, I heard there's a pandemic outside. So sorry about that one. Do you want to buy this cereal? and you'd be like oh my god finally someone that i can relate to yes i do want to buy this cereal and then you buy it cuz you're you're a
1: consumer yes and i think especially with online data if you go on instagram oh now like if you talk about something if we say i want to buy masks right now our phones will somehow pick up the fact that we want to wear masks and they will start marketing masks towards us. They can pick up our data, they can pick up everything. It's crazy, it's It's insane.
0: And not only that, but a lot of advertisement is subliminal. We see it, every. I'm looking at a box of face masks right now and I'm like, oh, maybe I need some of those. And the thing is, I don't need some of those because I have them, right? Yes. But the thing is, it's a great example is iPhones, right? I mean, my iPhone 8 worked fine. Yeah. Well, okay, it got hit by a car. But hypothetically, (laughs) if my iPhone 8 was working fine, I would still want to get the new one because it works marginally better. And oh my God, it doesn't have a home button. I need that right now. I need
1: that. Exactly. I can't live with a home button anymore.
0: You're right. Like, what's even the point of having a button on my screen? And it's just this mindset that we've we've been kind of... Okay, program makes me seem like I'm like... Some like conspiracy we robots. but it, it's true that we're sort of like trained to see new things and want them immediately even if we don't need them because we don't live in a society okay a lot of us don't live in a society in which we need to fight to survive so this we don't we don't need things because we need them to survive so we aren't equipped with that same instinct so it's oh i i might need one of those i might i might need a third container of dish soap because what if i run out kind of thing
1: yes that's a scarcity mindset yeah exactly and I think another thing that's really interesting is now that we can access celebrities so readily, oh our favorite celebrity marketing their Spanks, like, yes, they look so good, they're so beautiful, I need their Spanks. And they'll advertise it and they'll make money off of you.
0: <laughs> yeah, I wanna pretend I'm rich and famous, I'm gonna buy this right now. Yes. And also, just, you know, ad- celebrities get paid to pretend that they're using this product and it's yeah. working for them. When, I mean, this is not a call out. But when oftentimes people will be like, try out my skincare, and honestly, they pay $400 a week to get, you know, some blood facial. Mm-hmm. And that's why their skin looks good, and it's not the moisturizer they're promoting, you know? Yeah. But this thing with advertisers is like, they want to crouch down and look you in the eyes and be like, I'm a person too. And as people, we both know you want this. And th- it's this sort of like, a fake, fake relativity that they try and put out, which is compelling I would say
1: I mean they're using every persuasive form that you can possibly True. use they're appealing to your emotional your logical they're even getting the ethos in there that's like yeah you know these are people that you know and you trust and so it really is appealing
0: yeah and seeing things on social media and TV makes us even more likely to envy what someone else has and you guessed it buy more stuff.
1: Yay. Yay. Yay.
0: But, you know, think about it, right? Yeah. The more things that you're surrounded with, the more things you're exposed to, the more things you're going to want. Yes. So, the question is,
1: how do we break out of it? That's a great question. Thank w- you. We really could not find an answer. This is true. It's I mean, you would have to dig really deep and, uh, for a very long time to find an answer. So I think it, all we can say, it, it, consumerism does what it says. It consumes. Like, that's... It devours you, and it, that's all you can think of now is objects. And so the implications that it has for the Earth and for just the human race, those implications are really scary. And the thing is... Do we, do we really
0: care though? Do we, do we, if we were to survey humans and be like, okay, so we need to save the world. Are you willing to get rid of your infatuation with objects? A lot of them would not be able to say yes.
1: Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think we need to find, uh, find a way to find meaning for it, not ourselves. We need to find a way to find meaning for the earth. Yeah.
0: We need to find a way to lead meaningful lives that are not dependent on class status or on our stuff right? Yeah. That's the message. (laughs) Right? But seems like we're going to wrap it up, right? Yeah. So we hope you had fun consuming this episode. And if you're hungry for more, make sure to follow us on Instagram tabbycatkyrs or visit our website tabbycatonair.com. And you really, you want to help us out some more? Feel free to text GIVEKYRS to 44321 and join us next week for our third week our political special yes and letting you guys know now we live stream every episode on our instagram so if you want behind the scenes and other profane clips make sure to go check us out yeah anyway we hope you guys had fun make sure
1: i don't know make sure make sure (laughs) Abby, remember the legal ID challenge. Um, KYRS, Medical Lake Spokane, 88.1 and 92.3 FM.
0: We love y'all. Bye, guys. See you next
1: week. Bye.